0: And welcome to the Peaceful Pastures Podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. We recognize our world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs and practices, idioms, descriptions of locations that are lost on us. On this day, we take the opportunity to explore the context of the chapters in front of us. Yesterday, we listened to chapters 21 through 24 of Genesis. Let's explore what's taking place surrounding this lesson. But first, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Genesis chapter 21, we have the account of the birth of Isaac. The first three verses of chapter 21 provides a little bit of detail for us. First, it mentions that God visited Sarah. In the Bible, the word visit means to bring blessing or judgment Here it is obvious that it is the former. We've mentioned before how names carry significance in the Bible, especially in Old Testament times. Here we get to the name of the long-awaited, the long-promised son of Abraham and Sarah, and they name him Isaac. Isaac means laughter. And it is fitting with Abraham's joyful laugh to Sarah's doubting laugh to now the joy they now share in laughter together. That name Isaac encompassed all of it. In verse 3, and we see this with a few of the verses here, we see this repetitious style of writing. It's important to note that this is a very common description of a Hebrew narrative style of writing. It is often very repetitious. We see that a lot especially in Genesis in the style of writing being very repetitious. It it comes back to that Hebraic characteristic of of writing. In verse 12 of chapter 21, It references the family line of Abraham's descendants. That word descendants literally means seed. This again takes us back to the promise in Genesis chapter 3, where God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. That seed would be that promised line through which the savior would come. It is here that we get to the account of Hagar and Ishmael. And really there's just a couple things to keep in mind as we read these somewhat tragic words. Number 1 it is the reminder that sin has consequences. Abraham and Sarah took matters into their own hands versus waiting on the promise of God. We're still seeing the ripple effect and consequences of that sin through the account here of Hagar and Ishmael. And despite the fact that sin had consequences, we still see the Lord intervening and delivering as God protected Hagar and Ishmael. Scripture records for us that Hagar traveled south into Paran, into Beersheba. This is the area that is near Egypt. And we get to verse 21. That kind of looks like an important footnote. Scripture often just says something matter-of-factly when there should be different uh, expressions or uh, signs going off uh, with what is being written there. Verse 21 states that his mother, Hagar, took a wife for him, Ishmael, from the land of Egypt. Here's what that means, the consequences of that action. That despite God's deliverance, Hagar saw no importance finding Ishmael a godly wife, but rather took a wife from the heathen nation of Egypt. You can contrast this with the lengths Abraham goes in his search to find a wife for Isaac in chapter 24. Verse 22 and following reintroduce us to the man by the name of Abimelech. It is there that Abimelech wants to strike a treaty with Abraham. He says that God is with you in everything you do. What this recognizes is all the people around Abraham could see that God was with him and blessed him. Though Abraham was an alien in their land, through God's blessing and protection, he was able to live peacefully with the inhabitants. It's immediately in chapter 22 that Abraham is tested. We will cover this chapter in more length tomorrow. But in verse 2, it brings us to the name of a place called Moriah. Moriah is also the name of the mountain on which the temple was later built in Jerusalem. We will explore some of the significance of those two events. Also in verse 2, we note the type of offering that is listed here. A whole burnt offering is what was being brought before the Lord. A whole burnt offering signified complete dedication to God. We will see how that offering matches with what was being asked of Abraham and later what God would provide. In verse 15, we again note the presence of the angel of the Lord. We note that the angel of the Lord is another name for the second person of the Trinity, for the pre-incarnate Christ, God himself. In verse 18, we again see reference to that word seed. This expresses the continuity of the messianic promise. As that seed would now come through Isaac as well. In Genesis chapter 23, we have the account of the death of Sarah. Sarah is actually the only woman in the Bible whose age of death is recorded. In verse 11, we see the exchange between Abraham and Ephron, which can be described as the opening of negotiations over land. Normally, in in this culture, a price would be set high and they would negotiate their way down. So it was most likely that Ephraim was surprised that Abraham accepted his initial offer or price. The currency at this time, there was no coins, so silver was weighed out to serve as money. A shekel, the type of denomination or weight of denomination that is used here, was roughly half an ounce but the weight varies upon the time and place. In chapter 24, it was important to Abraham that Isaac remained in the promised land. So he sends his servant in search of a spouse for his son. And it uses a, I suppose, a peculiar expression of of trust or a vow when it says that he had him place his hand under his thigh. This really denoted a very personal and strong oath. This servant would travel on a journey of of up to 400 miles to travel from southern Israel back to the land of his family. The servant's test that is noted here in this chapter, that whoever gets him a drink and offers to get a drink for all of his camels, when he prays to God and asks for that to be the sign uh, of the uh, person that he was to, would to bring back with him uh, to Isaac to be his spouse. What's interesting also is what the sign showed if we understand that a drink for a camel would involve a minimum of 10 to 20 gallons of water, and camels could drink considerably more, but if we use the rate of 10 to 20 gallons, and we remember that 10 camels were with him, this potentially was asking someone to bring 100 to 200 gallons of water. If we think of it just in our milk jug form, to fill up 100 to 200 milk jugs to provide water, this was no small task. This was a very large job. But what it showed was the character and kindness of the person, as well as showing that God was with him. It's interesting to note that he barely the servant barely finished praying this when Rebecca walks by. God answers his prayer immediately. At the end of our chapter, what is the significance of Isaac bringing Rebecca into his mother's tent? What was taking place here was Rebecca was now the leading lady of the house, and the woman through whom the promise would be carried out, the promised seed. As God continues to unfold salvation history, we are again reminded in these chapters of the God who keeps all of his promises. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.